Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Thursday, June the 24th, 2021. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, laid, which means to load heavily or oppressively laid. Hope everyone is enjoying their Thursday thus far, or will enjoy, I should say. And the work week is fast approaching, having some pretty cool temperatures here in North Carolina in the 80s past couple of days. And if you know anything about North Carolina, you know that heat is coming. So when you get these 80 some odd degree days, you take them gladly because that 100 degree heat is coming and it is coming fast. I think they said later on this weekend, temperatures are supposed to rise back up. Man. But gotta love it. Gotta love that North Carolina heat, like I always say. It is what it is, and it's gonna be what it's gonna be. Um, it appears gun violence is up in the United States. More specifically, if I could horn in on, you know, this past weekend or, or whatever, or last weekend, uh, during these uh, Juneteenth celebrations, there's appears or, or there was a lot of shootings at these events. Some people even got killed. I can't understand why someone would go to a Juneteenth celebration after it had just been acknowledged and passed, signed into law as a federal holiday, which was supposed to be in recognition of those slaves that didn't find out they were free until a year or so after the emancipation down in Texas and Louisiana, down in that area of the country. So you choose a Juneteenth celebration to go and settle an old score. Or maybe it was a new score. I don't know. But, you know, like I said, uh, over the weekend, there was a two-year-old that was killed and a nine-year-old that was killed. And... This nonsense of, of, of people just up and shooting into crowds or shooting into vehicles and kids are in there is just um and then this Juneteenth celebration where they were, you know, shooting here in Raleigh. There was an event, uh, a Juneteenth celebration at a community center, a community park, and there was a shootout. A paramedic ended up getting shot. He's doing fine, by the way, and, and out of the hospital. But to think that you would go to a Juneteenth celebration and just shoot is a complete and utter embarrassment, in my opinion. You know, these weren't uh, racists that showed up and started shooting. These were Black Americans. Why? You carried that nonsense to this particular event because you knew who you were looking for, who you quite possibly might stumble upon was there celebrating. Maybe. I, I, I just I just don't understand it. Just ignorance and, and an embarrassment. Simple and plain. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. That 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 there is just nonsense. And those for these kids to get caught in this crossfire of this gun violence, because President Biden signing a bill in which he's saying he, he's trying to uh, 
one aspect of the bill, which I touched on a few podcasts about few podcasts ago about uh, the gun violence and, and how, how these guns were popping up and people were using them and they weren't acquiring them the legal way. So he's now implementing in this bill uh, legislation to uh, hold those accountable, those uh, illegal arms dealers that, you know, you go to these events and you they don't give the waiting period. They just sell the guns to you. Yeah, that happens. Or more importantly, maybe he needs to target those uh, truthfully illegal guns dealer guns dealers that uh sell the sell these guns whenever and wherever they want, like out of the trunk of the car. You remember those old eighties uh action <laughs> action movies where a guy would pull up and he popped the trunk and there'd be guns everywhere? Maybe you need to target those also. Not just these gun dealers, because they're not doing the, the background check or the wait period. I think a large majority or a major a good number of people are just buying them illegally out of hey maybe they're still doing it out of other cars or some old warehouse somewhere. Anyway, for me, it just signifies ignorance all the way across the board, and a complete and utter embarrassment for you to go to a Juneteenth celebration that was supposed to acknowledge and re- show respect to those who didn't know they were free and the continued fight for being acknowledged and you go and you shoot the place up. Ending the celebration, by the way, of course. Ignorance and a complete and utter embarrassment. Let's move on. Let's move on. Well, it looks like there's a a bill to include sexual orientation and gender identification to the They want to add it to the uh, protected classes of the historical 1964 Civil Rights Act. Now, in the 1964 Civil Rights Act, it specifically laid out that discrimination on the basis of race, color, religion, or national origin was seen as illegal or unconstitutional. Now, this this adding of uh, sexual orientation and gender identification passed the House by a 224 to 206 vote. But when the bill moved to the Senate, it was blocked. By the way, three Republican uh, representatives joined the 221 Democrats in favor of the bill. Now, I'm certain it may be a naivete on my part, but I thought back when Joe Biden signed a, a, a bill for the LGBTQ community in which he was saying that, you know, he was trying to get them some uh, acknowledgement as their their fight for discrimination based on their sexual orientation or gender identification. I thought it was a separate bill, but apparently it, it, it's being added or sought to be added to the Civil Rights Act of 1964. That's a no for me. And, and I'm, I'm not being heartless, as many would say, but you need to keep that separate. That's two separate causes and fights, in my opinion. A lot of people died for that Civil Rights Act. Literally died. They were killed. But now to add sexual orientation and gender identification to it, that's a no for me. You know, that it, it, it reminds me of the uh, affirmative action. And we all know what affirmative, affirmative action was. That was, you know, to combat discrimination in, you know, the workplace or 
with housing or in lending practices or whatever. And we saw, we now see how that has turned out. That encompasses everyone, Asian, Hispanic, uh, females. And what has happened with that affirmative action is now a lot of, uh, or, or over time, a lot of black Americans have found that, that on the on the job they could say hey we we've hired our minority or we promoted our minority by promoting a, a female whether it be white or black or uh, asian or hispanic and a lot of african americans or black americans found themselves left out of that loop because of that it was political it wasn't so much social it was political you, you know they could go back to those representatives and senators and say hey we filled our minority quota i mean i'm i'm not too sure how this civil rights act how they're they're trying to implement sexual orientation and gender gender identification like i said how that's going to play out in the long run but i can dare i say in comparison to the affirmative action it's not going to end well for black americans it's, it just isn't like i said that's a no for me I think there needs to be a separate bill. And I'm not saying that uh, those of the LGBTQ community don't deserve any acknowledgement. And, and no one walking the first face of this earth should have their uh, rights trampled on or, or, or just ignored. Not saying that. Not by a long shot. I'm not homophobic or whatever uh, popular social term that is used to describe someone who thinks differently. I'm not that person. I think everyone walking the face of this earth has a God-given right, not just a, a, a political or a social right. I think it's a God-given right to do what you want to and live your life the way you want to. But to include that in the Civil Rights Act, that's a huge no for me. I mean, that, that it just is. Like I said, a lot of people died for that right. And to put that in that Civil Rights Act, that that's that's a huge no for me. And I'm like I said, I'm not being homophobic or being heartless or a butthead, but it just is. No, 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 no. Now let's move on. <laughs> I'm sure I'll catch something for that. But anywho, that's just my thought on it. That's just how I feel. That's just me. Now, let's move along. Like I said, there's another bill here in the state of North Carolina that uh, caught my attention. And I, I just wanted to speak on it for a few minutes here. It's uh, House Bill 247, which is the standards of student conduct. Now, this was voted on in May in the state house of North Carolina with a vote of 66 to 49 in favor of passing a bill to toughen school suspensions that many say is oppressing black students and other minorities. It unfairly targets them. The numbers you may ask are black and brown and children with disabilities are 3.9% more likely to be suspended than their white peers. The bill seeks to expand state law to include infractions that at one point in time in a 2011 version of the bill was considered not serious enough to warrant long-term suspensions. So now they're putting it, they're putting it in there. 
they've revisited it. I wonder why. Now, there are four infractions that they're adding to this bill that they're saying now it has become a problem and it needs to be implemented. Number one on the list is uh, inappropriate language. Then number two is dress code violations. Number three is uh, noncompliance. Number four is your minor physical altercations. Now, like I said, the 2011 version of the bill, excuse me, at that point in time, it it was implemented to reduce long-term suspension. So they didn't include those four infractions in there. Now, your long-term suspensions is your uh, 10 days or longer here in North Carolina. Now, these infractions are being added, many say purposely. Supporters say that it needs to be added to give principals more control in dealing with disruptive students. But education advocates say it seeks and targets black students, sets them up and other minorities as well, sets these kids up to fail by allowing principals too much lead way with disruptive and eventually prematurely kicking them out at will. Which many say, of course, leads to that prison, that school to prison pipeline that we hear so much. Now, I'm not saying, <laughs> most definitely, at certain, in some instances, some principals may uh, or administrators may kick kids out prematurely, and and there has been evidence, and and I believe that, yeah, there is a school to prison pipeline. Because when you kick these kids out of school, as we all well know, they're left to their own devices and they're pretty much just walking around doing what they want to. Living life la vida loca, (laughs) if you will. But I got to ask, and this may be an uncomfortable question for many, what is happening with these kids that they can't go to school and sit there and learn? You know, when I was coming along, uh, you know, you went to school to learn and that was it. There was no in between. There was, you know, you didn't have any that uh, you, you didn't have any other any other alternative choices. You were there to learn. And that was that, you know, I was raised by a single mother. Father wasn't in the picture. She worked and she made sure that that was my only priority. I asked that to ask, what are the parents doing? Your child is going to school and they've become so disruptive to the point that like, you know, that 2011 version said these were infractions that they didn't consider warrant, considered warranted the 10 day suspension suspension. So what happened in between then? They're seeing more and more cases of these kids using inappropriate language, the dress code violations, noncompliance, minor physical altercations. I don't think they're minor anymore. I mean, the long short of it for me is teachers aren't there to be referees. They aren't there to break up fights, although many times they do. They're they're, they're, there to educate. That's it. Nothing less, nothing more. Educate. That's their only purpose, in my opinion. Now they're being asked to be uh, counselors babysitters. Parents are working, you know, hey, single parents, yeah, they may have to work one or two jobs. 
and they may have to lean on these teachers. Maybe they're leaning too hard. Teachers aren't paid that much. They certainly aren't paid enough to have their life put in jeopardy or to be degraded or belittled by a child. So what's going on with parenting? And what problems do these kids have that they can't go to school and learn? Like I said, I was raised by a single mother. She worked, worked damn hard. But she made sure I knew, hey, you're not going to school. It's not a social club. It's not a playground. You're going there to learn better yourself. So I got to ask, as parents, what are they telling or teaching these kids? You know, like I always said, many of these kids are raising themselves. Parents, for whatever reason, hey, they may be out working or maybe they have, you know, some of the other parents, they may be out there. And by out there, I mean, hey, they may be out there in the streets, living their best life while their kids go to school and run amok. So much to the point they have to revisit a a bill that they had passed in 2011. And what's that? uh, Now we're in 2021, eight, 10 years later, they got to add those infractions that at one point in time they considered to be minor. That's the question for me. What happened in between this time span that they're now adding at one point in time, like I said, four infractions that they saw as minor or, or, or irrelevant, then that now they have to add them in there. Things have gone crazy in these schools. These teachers are, are facing undaunting tasks of, of trying to educate. So my question to the parents, and a lot of parents are saying it leads to that school to prison pipeline. Yeah, it does. But what are you doing as a parent to thwart that? Because like I said, I was raised by a single mother and she didn't hold any punches, literally. She made it clear from day one what my purpose or what my job was. And it was not to go to school to be disruptive. We have to take some uh, accountability here. There's only so much these teachers and administrators can do. What are you doing as a parent that your child goes to school and gets suspended? And many of these kids are getting suspended multiple times during the year. Some, some, so much to the point that, that after a certain amount, I'm not sure how many times you face suspension before they expel you. And when you're expelled from school, that means you can't go to any school in the school district. They have to send you to an alternative school if you elect. And these alternative schools are where they uh, they have these armed police officers in there a lot of times. I know they have them in, in, in the regular school, but at these alternative schools, it's totally separate. They're there to control and keep the peace. That's a problem that has gotten to the point that your child has to go to the school with an armed police officer standing there watching over him. That's inexplicable to me that you as a parent, you haven't paid attention to your child enough to know that they've gotten to the point of this, going to a school with an armed police officer watching over your child. I, I just think with this new bill that is coming up, it asks so many questions and all the questions are one specific question for me is parenting. Where are you as a parent? 
How can you allow it to get to this? You can best believe no matter how many hours my mother worked, she knew what I was doing in school because she always checked. And, and I do the same thing with my kids. I'm always checking in. Because as we all know, kids will go to school and they're telling you one thing, but they're doing another, whether it be for peer pressure or just attention or whatever. They'll go to school and they'll act like they have no sense because I did. <laughs> I was a class clown. I was. I was the class clown. And my mother popped up one day on me at the school. And that ended all that. And that ended my little stand-up routine, my opening monologue. That ended all of that because when I looked back and I saw her sitting there, I said, uh-oh, playtime's up. She had been telling me I'm coming. And I thought, nah, she'll never show up. It's all the way across town. Because at that point in time, I uh, and I didn't know. I was young. I just didn't know. That was during that time period or time span after the um, segregation where they were trying to integrate the schools. They were still trying to get those numbers right back in uh, 1980. This is when I started elementary. And then when I got to middle school, I uh, started at a school on, on my side of town, and I ended up getting bused to a school in North Raleigh that was about 45 minutes away. Even with the elementary school where I was bused, that school was uh, about 30 minutes away. There were perfectly fine schools on my side of town, but they had to get the, those integration numbers right. They had to have the, the balance. So we ended up getting bused all the way across town. And I was told then that, hey, you're there for an education, an education only. Don't make me. Don't make me come to that school. Well, I made her and she showed up and it was quite embarrassing. Straightened me out because I knew she won't play no games with me. So I say all of that to say this. What are you doing as a parent? Because I, I don't think wholeheartedly, and there may be some instances, but I don't think these kids are just being kicked out of school just like that. I think there's a lot of warnings. There's probably a lot of phone calls probably trying to get in contact with you as a parent and they're telling you what your child is doing. But you only react when they've been suspended. So what are you doing as a parent? Once again, this is quite embarrassing, to be honest with you. It speaks to parent parental guidance. Parental enforcement, even, even. I know we live in a society now where it's looked upon, it's frowned upon for parents to be too harsh. It's not being harsh for you to get in your child's mix and say, hey, tighten up before I tighten up on something else. There's no way in the world you could convince me that from 2011 to 2021, these four infractions that they didn't even think to include it in the 2011 version of the bill. But now we come back to 2021, 10 years later, and they now want to add it. Why? Because it has become a problem, a huge problem. It's disruptive. Kids are in school and they're running a muck. So much to the point teachers can't teach, administrators can't, Get 
the school in order because the kids are running amok. They're disruptive. Now, I'm not denying the, the school to prison pipeline. Of course, there's a school to prison pipeline. It's been proven. The numbers don't lie. The advocates aren't lying. But there's an underlying problem where I feel as though there's lack of parental guidance. So what are you saying? Here we go again. What are you saying that that these parents are inept? They can't raise these kids correctly. And you're going to help them by making sure they aren't kicked out of school. So if they're in school and they're being this, this disruptive, that 10 years later, they're now, they now have to implement these four infractions. Are they learning? Don't think so. Once again, numbers are showing that minority students, that they're lagging behind. Now, they say they're lagging behind because of their uh, financial situation, their social, social, whatever you call that, that where they're, they're socially unacceptable or, or, or what have you. But disciplinary actions haven't, hasn't been pushed in there. What exactly is going on in these schools? Teachers can't teach. Kids are in there being disruptive. I, I I just think that for them to put this or revisit this 10 years later and now add this, instead of screaming and hollering about the school to prison pipeline, you need to be looking and saying, hey, wait a minute. Why 10 years later are they adding this? What's going on? Parents, get involved in your kid's life. Like I told you, my mother popped up. I popped up on my kids. Ah, yes, I will. And the only thing that has stopped me this past year from doing that is, of course, COVID. Can't do it like I want to. Yeah, I used to pop up on my kids, man. They, they would be sitting in there. And all of a sudden, just like with me, they'll look up and there I was, front and center, smiling, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I mean, hey, I'm just be honest with you. There has to be some 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 parental involvement here. Like I said, I don't think these kids are just being kicked out just like that. I think there's a lot of warnings. There's a lot of conferences. There's a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a lot of texts that is going on saying, hey, little Johnny's in here being disruptive. We need your help. And maybe many of you ignored or maybe you've lost control because you are, you know, hey, you're working those two jobs as a single parent or whatever or what have you. But at some point in time, you got to you got to step in. If you don't want to see your child on that school to prison pipeline, at some point in time, you're going to have to step in and do what you have to do by any and all means necessary to get that child's attention. Because there's no way in the world you can convince me that these kids are going to school being disruptive. One, that they're learning anything. Because once again, the numbers show there aren't. And two, that these administrators are just unfairly, totally targeting your child. Chances are you have been told what is going on. So once again, what are you doing as a parent? How are you allowing this? How are you allowing your child to be kicked out of school? 
or suspended. Because I, I think after so many suspensions, they eventually, like I said, they expel you. They expel you and then you're sent to an alternative school, what they call it alternative school. We used to call it redirection. Sent you to an alternative school with an armed police guard standing there keeping his eye on you. If it seems like uh, an easy easy thing for me, if you don't want your child involved in the, the, the justice system and that school to prison pipeline, when those teachers call and tell you what's going on, seems like right then and there you were tightening it up. I know Rhoda Helen did. She tightened it up, came, met me on my own playground, literally. Stop that. So what are you going to do as a parent? Well, that's all for me today. And I would like to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Anchor has a great feature where you can leave a voice response. I would love to hear your voice. I won't bite. Trust me. So offer feedback. You can also make monetary contributions. Continue to follow and listen on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Verbal, and WordPress. As always, this is Stephen Cornegay for This Is Just a Thought. Amen.